I think that the impact of Jackson College can be felt and observed in every student that crosses our stage. I think that that is the true metric of our success, of our work, um, of the labors of our faculty and staff. That's really the litmus test of how our community is different. It's different because our students are different. They are transformed when they come to Jackson College. In fact, that's, that's part of our mission statement about transforming lives. I've heard frequently from across the country people who said our real motto as community colleges is we save lives. The idea for a 13th and 14th year of high school as the equivalent of the first two years of college came from a man named William Rainey Harper who was president at the turn of the last century of the University of Chicago. The first community or junior college in Michigan was established by the Grand Rapids Public School Board in 1914. Thereafter, there were three or four other community colleges that were established within the next 10 or 12 years. And in 1928, E.O. Marsh, who was the superintendent of schools of the Jackson Public Schools at that time, uh, urged the Jackson Public School Board to establish a junior college, becoming, I believe, the sixth junior college in Michigan. The initial classes were held in Jackson High School. In the early 30s, the school board bought a large home that was uh, located at the western end of Jackson High School, right where the Jackson High School parking lot is now located. Turned it into a classroom building and named it Marsh Hall in honor of Mr. Marsh for his leadership in establishing the college. Well, my grandfather, Frank Dove, he was offered this job or he heard about this new college, Jackson Junior College, that was coming to be. And so they moved to Jackson and he started um, his career as a teacher at Jackson Junior College in the fall of 1929. If he could teach anybody anything about how the world worked, whether it was the stars or the physical world on the earth, that was his passion. He was just passionate about it. Um, he eventually was appointed Dean of Men, um, and he held that position in the administration for a long time. I know from what I've read about him um, that he was passionate about teaching, and he loved his students. He didn't let his students get away with much. He wanted them to learn, and so I hear stories that students have written about him at how you know, he kept after them to learn and to do their work and to be good students. And if they were even thinking about dropping out of college, he did everything he could to talk them out of it. My grandfather, Frank Dove, helped to start a program called the Civilian Pilots Training Program. They did uh, train pilots and a lot of the young men that they trained went to war and served in the war as pilots. Many of them uh, didn't return. Um, there were some students that he knew personally that did not return from the war. There was one of the students that he was even asked to speak at um, their funeral. He loved his students. They loved him. My grandfather taught James McDivitt, so they had an ongoing relationship his whole life. Um, he was very proud of that, and he was very proud that even though he had gone on to become an astronaut and to be quite famous, he would still write to my grandfather and remember my grandfather. Going to where he worked, which was at the John George Hall, that was part of the college uh, at that time. I remember going to the John George Hall 
And the reason I remember it, because it was uh, particularly fancy. There were fountains, there was actually sculpture coming out of the walls and, and fountains with water. I was actually very impressed at that point. It was like, oh, my grandfather probably must be somebody. Even though that at that time he was what they called the Dean of Men, even though there was all that involved, he, he always, I think, first liked the teaching part. He used to talk about missing the classes or missing the classrooms or not being able to teach as much as he wanted to. If you went out for a walk, um, you'd be learning about what the little plant was that was growing down there, or you'd be watching for a rattlesnake and he'd have his stick and he'd say, here's what we're gonna do if, if we see a rattlesnake and um, you know, just uh, teaching, always teaching. So I just, it, it gave me a little glimpse of what it must have been like to have him as a teacher at Jackson Junior College. When I started out at Jackson uh, Junior College, uh, we basically had four facilities. One was March Hall, the second was limited number of classrooms in Jackson High. John George Hall, of course, which was the administrative headquarters of the college and did have uh, some classrooms there in the east wing of Western Intermediate where the science classrooms are located. In the spring of 1956, during spring vacation, Marsh Hall caught fire and was destroyed. The school district now was in dilemma because they had to replace the classrooms that were in that building somewhere else. Couldn't in Jackson High, it was full. Couldn't in John George Hall, because it was full. And so what they did is they reopened a shuttered school building located at the northeast corner of West Washington and South Jackson Street. Sometime around 1960, the new Hunt Junior High School was open. West Intermediate students were then moved out to Hunt Junior High School to a new building. The college took over the entire West Intermediate. And so from basically 1960 until 1968 when the new campus opened. The college, major college facility was the old West Intermediate. I really enjoyed my experience at Jackson Junior College. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Number one, classes were small. Number two, you got to know your instructors. There was not an instructor that I didn't know and know extremely well. I also had friends here and I knew that it had a good reputation. I did a little checking and found that that it was considered one of the best junior colleges in the state academically. A combination of all that was led to my decision to come in here and I never regretted it. Hi, I'm Brandon Tripp. And I'm Phil Tripp from Tripp's Collision Center. You can spend 30, 50, or even $100,000 on a new car. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking my car will never look this good again. What if I told you that with Trip Ceramic Pro, we can make your vehicle shine better than the day you bought it? Trip Ceramic Coating will protect your finish two to three times better than the factory finish, and the shine will last for years. Wax is dead. The future is Trip Ceramic Pro.
says a prison tour can't be fun. With historic prison tours, you can explore the two largest walled prisons in North America in one exciting excursion. Our charismatic tour guides will regale you with stories of the criminals, corruption, escapes, and escapades that made these prisons a central part of Michigan history. Two huge prisons, one great tour. Don't miss it. Reserve your spot on a historic prison tour today. Lammers has installed and serviced residential furnaces and ACs since 1965. But did you know that Lammers installs and services many types of commercial heating and cooling equipment? From small rooftop units to large makeup air systems, Lammers gets the job done right. Lammers can also tailor a preventative maintenance program to your company's needs to keep your systems working at peak efficiency. Call Lammers to set up a free analysis of your business heating and cooling units today. Jackson District Library has been serving the community for over 150 years. Check out books, magazines, movies, and more at our 13 locations in Jackson County. Visit our virtual branch to download and stream ebooks, audiobooks, comic books, music, magazines, and movies. Get online help with genealogy, homework, career practice tests, and more. Inspiring our community to discover, learn, and succeed at Jackson District Library. Hi, I'm Barb Tripp. And I'm Phil Tripp from Tripp's Collision Center and Tripp's Ceramic Pro. From all of our family to yours, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. aspect of history is that Harry Truman, as president, appointed the Truman Commission to study education in the United States, and they came out with a recommendation for a nationwide system of two-year colleges that were broader than just the junior college. They would offer two-year programs like nursing and auto mechanics and other programs like that that weren't designed to transfer but were designed to lead to jobs. Most areas did not have school districts large enough to operate a junior college. So state after state created legislation for the establishment of community college districts, which would be larger than a single school district, would have their own board of trustees and have their own taxing base. And so that started in the 50s and was sweeping the country in the 60s. And Michigan, of course, followed suit, which is what led to Jackson Community College district being established in 1962 by the voters of Jackson County. The Board of Trustees, of which I was a member, I elected as part of the original board, renamed the college to reflect the new mission, which is beyond the old junior college mission and college transfer. It was a comprehensive community college mission, and we changed the name to reflect that, the Jackson Community College. Thought maybe I'd serve one or two terms but I got really caught up in the college, I got caught up in the community college uh, movement itself. It became 
at a point a few years later where community colleges became a second life for me, so to speak, and, uh, because I believe so strongly in what they do and how they serve the communities and the value they, they provide communities that have them. So I got on stayed on for 44 years. <laughs> in the mid-1950s, the Jackson Public School Board, recognizing that college facilities were inadequate and desiring a location for a new college campus, bought property on 4th Street, where Parkside High School is located, junior high school now, and where the Alpine Lakes apartments are located. That was to be the college campus. In the late 50s, the Board of Education determined that it needed a new high school. So they took the land that they bought for the college campus and built Parkside High School on it. So the Board of Education now had to find a new location for a college campus. They came out and bought this property that the college is located on now for the new college campus because even though we're south of the city a few miles, it's still part of the Jackson Public School District. And when we took over the college in 65, we had no obligation to buy the land from them. In fact, Sterling Wickwire had donated his 250-some acre farm, which was close to the college location, and we were anxious to consider that. We wanted to consider that. The city did want us downtown. The merchants were clear. They wanted the college away from downtown. The city proposed that we build the campus just west of Foot Hospital. So we hired an outside consulting firm to come in and compare the two locations. They did, they strongly recommended the Summit Township proposal, which at that time would have been the Wickwire Farm. And Sterling Wickwire changed his mind and did not want the college to be built till after his death, so he ended up putting a life estate on him, and so we had to change quickly. And uh, we said, we'll buy the land from the Jackson Public Schools that it originally had purchased for the college campus. And that's where we started construction of the campus. I think construction started in 1966. We started out with basically three buildings. McDevitt Hall, which housed the science classes and math classes. Whiting Hall, which uh, had both regular classrooms as well as the shops. And then the building that's just east of Whiting Hall, it's a campus services building, which is now the maintenance and department has. And then the next two buildings were, of course, Walker Hall and the Field House. And of course, my joy was I've been involved in the decisions regarding the, all of those buildings. When we planned the campus back in the mid to late 60s, we developed, which was common, a campus master plan. These are the buildings that we're constructing these are the buildings in the future that we would like to construct to round out the campus. And that campus master plan had where this building, Atkinson Hall, is located and where the Potter's Center is located, three buildings. One was a relatively small administration building. One was a separate theater building with six to 800 seats. And the third one was a student center with dining hall and so forth. I came up, uh, I, one time I said I had an epiphany. I came up and I said, why not combine all three of them in one building? There were pluses to that. 
that in the long run, maybe some cost savings. But I also said, instead of a six to 800 seat theater, let's have a small theater that could be used by the college drama department, by local theater groups. And let's have a large theater, maybe 18 to 100, 2000 seats to bring in shows from the outside. It was quite an experience because Harold Sheffer and I got a lot of criticism over the building. We already have too many theaters. We don't need another facility and, and we don't like the way it's being financed. But the gratifying thing was once the building opened, I had someone come up to me on an average of close to once a week, say, you know, I was opposed to that, but I'm sure glad you did because communities our size just don't have world-class facilities like that. Holiday House Tours, Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. through 2 p.m., Sundays, 2 p.m. Come see Ellis House, decorated in traditional 19th century holiday style. Tickets available at Ellis Sharp's front desk by calling 517-787-2320. The Lost Railway Museum is dedicated to preserving the nearly forgotten interurban railway, and we want you to experience it firsthand. Our two rail cars are constantly being restored, giving our past new life in the present. Our museum is also a community center with facilities and engaging displays to add something special to any event. Bring your family and uncover our history one track at a time at the Lost Railway Museum. Hi, I'm Philip Tripp from Tripp's Collision Center. And I'm Brandon Tripp from Tripp Ceramic Pro. And I'm Josh Tripp. Join us for Jackson's Eve on the App. It will be a night full of music, food, and giveaways. At midnight, there will be a New York-style ball drop and a festive fireworks show. Help us bring in the new year at Jackson's Eve on the Ave, a free event December 31st from 10 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. in front of City Hall. From our family to yours, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm Ileana Bevins, service manager at Suburban Chevy Cadillac in Ann Arbor on the corner of Jackson and Wagner Road. And I'm inviting you to make my service department your home for all your automotive needs. From routine maintenance to major repairs, our certified technicians are here to help. Our convenient hours, courtesy transportation, and service professionals are here to ensure your complete satisfaction. Visit our website or Facebook page at Suburban Chevrolet of Ann Arbor for all of our exceptional specials today. Come on in and make the choice. Chevy, find new roads. JTV Studios is a creative services agency committed to creating engaging and high-quality digital content. With more than 30 international awards for excellence in video production, web design, and graphic design, we have a proven track record of helping brands to reach their full potential. Our media professionals have more than 50 years of experience and will always keep your business on the forefront of technology, media, and creative design. The Potter Center at Jackson College welcomes Grammy Award-winning gospel singer C.C. Winans on Saturday, January 26th. Gospel music's best-selling and most awarded female artist of all time, C.C. Winans brings pure heart and inspiration to everything she sings. Join us for an evening of gospel celebration, Saturday, January 26th. Tickets are on sale now at the Potter Center box office or online at jccmi.edu slash pottercenter. Trips Collision Center. If we can fix it in 30 minutes or less, it's free. 
The Jackson YMCA invites you to stop in January for a new year, a new you. Beginning in January, all join fees will be $0. Visit our website at jacksonymca.org for details. joined the faculty here in the fall of 1968. Justin Whiting Hall was occupied in the fall of 68, um, but we occupied McDivitt Hall in the winter of 69, January of 69, and I had the uh, first selection of offices in that building, so I got to pick my location, which was very cool. The atmosphere of the college, the climate of the college, and even the culture of the college have evolved as a result of shifts in leadership style, shifts in direction. We're not the same college we were 20 years ago, much less 60 years ago or 90 years ago. In 68, we were just beginning to develop occupational programs and we were developing them very rapidly. And as the soldiers returned from Vietnam, the college grew dramatically. It was not uncommon to double the size of the student body every three years. And that continued for quite a while. But as programs proliferated uh, at a fairly rapid pace, often two or three new programs a year in the early days, the diversity of the student body increased and the goals of students varied dramatically, a situation we still have today. We still have a fairly significant number who are transfer-oriented, but remember, that's where the college started. In 1928, we were a junior subsidiary of the University of Michigan. We even used their catalog. But as we have evolved, the culture has also evolved. We're much broader and more tolerant and more diverse culture than we used to be. All of that's good, by the way. Over my years here, my teaching assignments have changed in a couple of different ways, and my teaching strategies have changed in even more significant ways. In the fall of 1968, uh, I had a night class in developmental psychology. I was 24 years old. I was the youngest person in the classroom. That rarely happens anymore. What has changed in the last 20 years has been fairly dramatic as we've included more high school students under the uh, state dual enrollment law, uh, which is a tremendous boon for these students, but it's also a great boon for the college. The heterogeneity, not only in age, but in cognitive levels of development, has really grown the uh, opportunities that students of all ages have to learn 
in our classrooms. And this is a real benefit for everybody. Teaching has evolved as the science of learning has evolved. And because psychology is essentially the science of learning or the science of behavior, um, we use techniques today that we didn't have scientific validity for 40 or 50 years ago. So we understand much more about how students learn. We can guide them better in how to develop study practices that result better in long-term learning. So we now understand why cramming doesn't work, why you want to take periods of breaks for long-term potentiation and memory consolidation to develop. We understand more the role of sleep in consolidation as well. So I always tell my students, study psychology the very last thing before you go to sleep because the biochemistry of consolidation will facilitate better memories. During the 70s and up to the mid 80s, we had a very large student population inside the walls at the State Prison of Southern Michigan. At one point, they accounted for 20 to 25% of our credit hour generation. Then we had 12 full-time faculty members stationed out there. We also ran a night owl program, classes from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. here on campus for prisoners who were bussed out to use the technology laboratories. That all went away as federal and state funding dried up. And about three years ago, we re-entered that market with new federal initiatives called Second Chance Pell. And it is a rapidly growing area. We've known for a long time that prisoners who complete a certificate or a degree are far less likely to repeat an offense and end up back in prison. The recidivism rate drops from 75% to about 40. So it's a significant benefit to the culture as a whole. We're bringing more than $20 million a year into the community. We're spending that money in salaries, services, but all that money gets recycled at least a few times through the local economy. I think we've had a good impact on the local community in terms of culture, uh, not just theatrical culture, but the presence of an organization devoted to learning has to transform the employee base of the community in which it lives, and, and we have done that. I think we've given people opportunities they wouldn't otherwise have had. And by the way, that's why I work in a community college, because I'm convinced by my own educational experience that access is crucial. And giving people who otherwise couldn't the chance to succeed is a major element of our mission. I think we honor the legacy of, of Jackson College by, by honoring the commitment made by the taxpayers of our community to make sure that we are worthy of the investment they make in the form of tax support and revenues. I think we also honor the legacy of all of the faculty and staff who've come before us, individuals who really toiled in the vineyard, so to speak, of creating this new movement of junior college to community college. It's very common for me to come in contact 
with people in our community who've gone to Jackson Junior College, Jackson Community College, or now Jackson College, and talk about their favorite faculty member, the person who, who changed their lives. Uh, and, and the people who've come out of our institution, whether they be astronauts or doctors or just being a good person or a good parent, uh, the transformational work that we do is its own legacy, and we have to honor that every day in our work. This work is so critical for our democracy, uh, for our country, and for civility, and for working together as a community. I, I can't think of anything that would be, would be more profound, more uh, important for us to do uh, than this work of teaching and educating and engaging in learning processes and, and so doing serving other people in our community.